0: Welcome to the always better than yesterday podcast. I am your host Ryan Hartley. This podcast is for heart centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. Welcome back to episode 185, part two, with John Gray, the author of one of the most well-known and trusted relationship books of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. If you haven't listened to part one, be sure to go back and listen. Here on part two, we're going to continue our conversation where we left off, and I continue to invite you to remain open-hearted, open-minded, and embrace all of John's wisdom, all that he shares from his heart to yours. Maybe there'll be something in this episode that will capture your imagination and inspire something within you today. Maybe there won't, and that's equally okay too. If you love the episode, please do share it with someone who you know will enjoy it too. Here we go, episode 185, part two. It's fascinating, you know. I think the the overriding thing that the one word I would get from your book that it's enabled in us is grace. I think being able just to understand that, even though that concept of men are from Mars, women are from Venus, it's just like a reminder to go, ah, we think different, we feel different, we act different, we have instincts that are different. And because you know, when you when when you talk about those examples of shark teeth, well, I. I'm a sensitive human being. I, I take those, I take those things very personally <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, what have I done? Like, you know, and when you, when we come back around to that concept of um, if, uh, if she's trying to fix something, the implication of that is something is broken.
1: <laughs> yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And you've disappointed me and I'm hurt by what you do. You know, just we, we You hit it right on the nail is that we take things personally, Mm -hmm. and I actually had a little insight as we're talking, uh, and that was uh, when you just said that thing about taking things personally. Men were different uh, uh, 70 years ago. Mm -hmm. We did not take things so personally. Uh, We are, see, the more aware you are of your your feelings inside, Mm -hmm. the more you take things personally. Now, that's the good side of it, is that we have a capacity to self-reflect more about what we feel. But the problem is what we feel is often uh, overreaction or incorrect Mm -hmm. reaction. And the reason for that, because you were just explaining, if I just understood that she naturally has these ups and downs, I wouldn't take it so personally. Same thing, if women would just understand that men are in and out. And not mm. to worry when he pulls away, is that's what he needs and he comes back to it. And to understand these differences, more knowledge allows us to not things per- take things personally. So, knowledge can do it. And I think that's why my books have helped so many people. Mm-hmm. But at another level, which is the insight I had while you were talking, was on, on another level, it's fresh. So let me see if I can grab it. Mm-hmm. But it's, oh, that's this is it. We didn't used to be so sensitive because we didn't have such self awareness. But self-awareness, this new thing that we have, allows women to become aware of their male side and allows men to become aware of their female side. But what we have to know is hormonally, when you go a little bit too far on your male side for a woman, it's an addiction. Mm. And when men go a little too far on their female side, it's an addiction and it's hard Mm. to get back. And nobody's really acknowledged that, although it's right in front of our face, if we define what is our female side. Our female side is doing what we like to do. See, whenever you're doing what you like to do, you're experiencing love and enjoyment and pleasure and fun. This is all all estrogen stimulator. That's what causes estrogen to go up. Mm -hmm. When you like to have sex, you as a man, your estrogen level goes higher and higher. And when it goes too high, then you ejaculate and it's all over. Mm -hmm. But the that's doing what you like, which was the 60s for men, growing your hair out, dressing, we're just going to our female side. But once you get there, it's addictive, because every addiction is your female side, you're going to do what you like to do, even if it's not good for you. See, doing what you like to do nothing wrong with that, as long as it's good for you. If I just Mm -hmm. and feelings, if I just because I feel I like ice cream doesn't mean I can just keep eating it all day, you know, you have to be Mm -hmm. responsible. Is this working for me as well? That's your male side. You're solving problems. This is creating a problem. This is how you solve this problem. I got a fat belly. What do I do? I stop eating ice cream, regardless of how I feel. Mm. We've become this, whatever I feel, do it. That's more of our female side. And men get addicted over there, depending on something outside yourself for your happiness that's not productive in your life is an addiction. Now for women, their addiction that they're basically too far on their male side they go over their male side and say, can't turn off their brain from seeing problems and then solving problems. And that's called overwhelm. Women today will say, I feel so overwhelmed. There's so much I have to do. Kind of like you wish your husband would feel that way (laughs) about you. So that busyness of I have to do, I have to do. It's an imbalance when you're going over there. And there's a tipping point. Like if you're walking on a tightrope, If you go a little bit over the other side, no problem. You can come back to the other side. That's what we want to be is this nice back and forth of our male and female side. Mm -hmm. But when you go over too far, let's say a woman goes too far to her male side, she falls down. Now she can't find her female side again. And what she needs is a man who has learned how to help her find her female side. And we Mm -hmm. can do that. We can rescue her from herself. And every man wants to rescue a woman, make her happier. just counseling a woman who's, her, her son's coach. Okay, she had no attraction to this man at all, but he's the tennis coach. And so her, her son was in a competition and he missed some balls or whatever, started crying, you know, he's just a 10, 12 year old or something like that. He's crying and crying and the mother's trying to help him. And he's just making it worse. And he says, Carol, let me just, let me, let me talk to him. Took him away from the sympathetic, empathetic mother who was just bringing out more emotion And he came back, listen, you can win this game. Just suck it up. You can do it. No need to worry. I'm right behind you. Get it done. Get out there and just forget it. Just do the shot. Do the shot. And the boy stops crying, (laughs) goes out and wins the game. And the mother's now in love with him. (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) Magic man, you know, just like he was enough on his male side to talk to a little boy, the way a boy needed to be talked to. But today we have mainly women raising you know, boys, yeah. and, and they get overfeminized. And it's even more over feminized when the mother is single, because when a mother is single, she's not depending on a man for anything. Mm-hmm. So the boy feels, you know, I have to be, I have to do it for mom, but you can't, you see, he's this little boy. So there's a wall where you just give up. So many men just have real difficulty when they're with a woman. And she's not suddenly happy about everything, he gets bent out of shape instead of what you just pointed out, which is she's a woman. They're like the weather. You can't control the weather. <laughs> you can just well, control well. yourself at that time. Put on an umbrella, put yeah. on a jacket, take off your shirt if it's too, too hot. You know you can control yourself. You can't control her. Mm. But what you can do is not make it worse and you can make it easier for her to come back into that wave. And in Minifer Mars, I talk about this wave and the wave is, when when the, she's up and then suddenly now she's upset about something, we men want to bring her back up, pull her back up, but that's not the way a wave works. A wave has to hit bottom and then it will automatically come up. If you just let her talk a bit, hit bottom, explore what's negative, she will immediately shift into what's positive. Our brain is designed that way. We have these two parts of our prefrontal cortex. If we can talk about what's not working, then we can start to see what is working. Yeah. But you can't talk to your partner about them not working because <laughs> he gets defensive, then she gets stuck on her left side and we have escalation of problems.
0: Hey, my friends, thank you for listening to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I hope that you're enjoying the interview. I would be really grateful if you would just take a moment to pause And just leave this podcast a review, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'd be grateful for you to leave a review and help more people experience our podcast and our message of heart centred leadership. I am so grateful for you pushing play and spending time with us here at Always Better Than Yesterday. If you do go on to leave a review, please just take a screenshot, share it, tag us in at always better than yesterday UK. And when you do, I will send you a 20% off to our merchandise store as a little thank you from me to you. Here we go. Back to the interview. That's powerful. And and you've you've really just touched on something which you obviously don't know. But my my dad left when I was six months old and uh, stepdad separation at 12. So my mum was a single parent. She uh, was incredible. She's my role model. She's, you know, she's the epitome of optimism, hard work, worked three jobs looked after our kids, but I never really had a male role model. i never, you know, i never had some of this, you know, healthiness play out before my eyes. So I've gone into the world with the greatest intentions to be a great husband, to be a great father, but I've never really had any role models and I've never, and I've had to kind of figure it out in, in my wife and I, we we've obviously bruised each other along the way, but, um, it's uh it's powerful and and i'm grateful for for you and your work to put out things like this that can help two people who you may have never met to try and journey in this thing called love and, and relationships so i just want to to thank you for that and just just ask whether you have any particular advice you know maybe for young men that maybe haven't had father role models um that are trying to do the best trying to be good men trying to be good husbands and fathers um but may not have had the role models and guides that they, uh, they might've needed. What would your advice be to them?
1: Well, get a role model or read books by role models and sink yourself into that. And unfortunately be aware that almost every, I won't say every, but many, many books on relationships are skewed towards everything is the way women think because Mm -hmm. the writers of these books are therapists and 90% of the people who come to therapists are women. So when you're hearing women talk all day about men, they didn't do this, they didn't do this. All we can say is look at it from her point of view and they're not necessarily looking at it from his point of view. Mm-hmm. And then there's some men who do talk about his point of view but they're not happily married, okay? So, so there's a dance there. One, one a real good book I'd recommend for young men besides my books is uh, mm-hmm. Why Men Are the Way They Are by mm-hmm. Warren Farrell. He's written a lot of good books on that. There's other writers that, that have good relationships uh, who talk about men and what men need, because we just don't think what do we need as men and what's appropriate for us. Uh, years back, I was, I was watching a YouTube video of a university professor saying, oh, poor, poor men, they never got to cry you know, and they have to be tough they have to be like an oak tree. And when the wind blows, you're not shaken by it. You know, we put such a burden on men. This is the opposite of what masculinity is. We, we, you know, give me that storm. I'll stand up against it kind of a thing. And to do activities where you have coaches and you have men only. That's a really important thing too. Uh, also to, and part of what my books do is give men permission to be men. Like mm-hmm. having your cave time, for example, Biologically, we have to have that time. One of the most wonderful moments I look back to my childhood, my dad didn't do it, but my my friend's dad had a ranch as well, and he would take us fishing, you know, sitting in a boat fishing and not talking. It was like some kind of spiritual experience for me. It still sticks with me, it is the whole power of learning how to, for example, be quiet and meditate, putting a sign on your mirror which says, Don't speak. Whenever you're in a relationship with a woman, ask questions. It's just, it's ingrained in us to, to get upset about things. And if you are upset, don't let anybody know. Mm. See, this is the opposite of psychology. What you do is you say, are you upset with me? No, I'm not upset with you. And maybe you are a little bit, but don't talk about it. Because if you talk and you're upset, it just becomes more and more upset. There's a, there's a time and a place to process your emotions but it's not when you're upset with your partner. You take time to raise your testosterone and that can be doing anything. So having activities that are, you're good at, that are challenging, that are hobbies, competitive hobbies, all these things away from women will always strengthen masculinity. And you, but there's a dance today. You, when you do things that women don't understand, they feel wow. hurt. And then you don't ever wanna hurt a woman. So you think something's wrong with you. The first time I remember I learned, applied the cave in my marriage to Bonnie is we were the first year we were having a, her aunt was deaf and had Parkinson's and needed to move out of LA and move up to Northern California with us. So we went down there and spent seven days just doing all of that. It's a big job. We're together the whole time. So when we get back, it's kind of like, ah, we're back. We did it. And I said, yeah, I'm going to go play tennis. (laughs) She says, I'm going to go to a movie with my buddy Clifford. And she says, you're going to go now? I said, yeah. And she says, but we haven't had any time together. (laughs) And unfortunately, (laughs) I understand messaging is often we we say things, but there's another meaning. And so I said to her, honey, listen, we spent all this time together. I just need to have some time to be with my guy friends. And I promise you, it's what I need. I love you, but I'll Mm -hmm. come back tomorrow and we'll create quality time. That's what you're asking is you want quality time with me. And I can't give it right now. She didn't understand any of that. She was hurt by that, but I had to have the forbearance and say, I know that's not what you want, but you'll see tomorrow. I can give you what you want. I'm going to take you out to dinner. Mm. And the next day she gave no, she said nothing to imply that we're going out to dinner. She was testing me because <laughs> yeah. that's what women go into. They go out. Well, I don't trust. And so I basically planned a nice dinner and got a babysitter for, for the two little stepchildren at that point. And, and she was just, blown away she was surprised she thought that was just an excuse that was just baloney and gradually start she started to understand my cave time meant that i would pull away come back with more and that's a training that women need to get from a man but i remember i i needed to have conviction that it's okay for me to have my male side uh, to do that because if a woman doesn't understand something you're doing, she'll feel hurt by it. And then you'll Mm -hmm. adjust your behavior. And what men don't know is then you become sort of hypersensitive. And there was a, so anyway, reading books, doing things with males, taking classes that are taught by males with men. Uh, You know, I know lots of guys will go out on these trips together and whatever. That's also a great thing to do. just hanging out with guys is a big, big thing and recognizing every time you're upset you don't have to talk about your feelings this is every any this is our world today everybody should talk about their feelings women should talk about their feelings that's estrogen stimulating men should do things st- so they rebuild their testosterone and those feelings are just dissipate. They're not there. They're just hormonal reactions. And we have mm. sort of the Holy grail is to talk about how you feel. It's not the Holy grail. It's just, it's basically for men It's learning how to analyze your feelings is another whole topic. But whenever you analyze something, you stand objective to it. You're not feeling it necessarily. You're analyzing what you were feeling As what's wrong, why am I thinking? What am I thinking that's causing that feeling so I can change my thinking and not have that feeling? Mm -hmm. I mentioned, ideally, never react. This is called sucking it up. Never react when something's bothering you, upsetting you, hurting you inside. Never react, which means don't take action based upon that negativity. You take action based upon having a heart open, Mm -hmm. doing what works, doing what practically will make a difference as opposed to something you know yelling at somebody isn't going to do anything unless you're monkeys uh (laughs) and threatening them so you learn what works and what doesn't work and that separates us from animals and then as animals we also have to recognize we have these certain hardware hormones and then when women talk when men talk about emotions they just become more emotional uh, and, and as soon as you start having these emotions, women are threatened and they want to know, what are you thinking? Are you going to kill me? You know, <laughs> even though I'm thinking that, but they, they want to find their safety and your safety comes through a calm presence and asking, well, I'm really thinking about what you're saying and I want to understand it better. Tell me more. So that's your comeback. You've got, you know, she's hit the ball to you. You've got to hit it back, putting her back on the female side, rather than you going to your female side and exploring whatever's going on inside of you, even if you're telling her just what you think yeah. too soon. You should only be feeling open-hearted when you talk to her. Otherwise, she'll feel threatened. And men don't know that. Men don't know that when you're expressing anger, you're actually going to your female side. That's an emotion. You're, you, you, and it means you're. if it's anger, it's low testosterone if it's positive emotion, then it's high testosterone and high estrogen. That's what you want. We want to have both our male and female sides in harmony. But if you have negativity inside, you have to go to the male side, hang out with the male side. And that could be a hobby, something you're good at, something you're capable at, or something you're learning to be better at. And you have a mentor who's better at it than you. That's a real key thing. Uh, And then you have coaching. Coaches are great. And some it's a different from therapy, but going to mm. a coach is analyzing a problem, making a commitment to solve it, being accountable, all the things that create masculinity. So that's another aspect that you're being seen mm. in a non judgmental way, but in a way that is somebody seeing that you didn't do what you said you did. Because ultimately, another thing for male, you know, this book here, I just want to mention it's all about beyond mars and venus the follow-up to men are from mars is all about the hormones of male and female and what you can do as men to increase those hormones in you what a woman can do on her own but a big part of for women is to recognize on her own is to create a relationship where she can ask for help and get it and the major the way that looks is you know you come home You don't talk about your day and then women will complain. He doesn't talk about my day. What is she saying? You're not listening to me talk about my day because on their planet, you can't just go up to a girlfriend and say, I want to tell you about my day. You first have to do, it's etiquette. You first have to say, oh, tell me about your kids. Oh, tell me about your day. Tell me about your work. And she listens for five or 10 minutes. Then she feels, oh, now I can talk about my day which is what she wanted to start with. Okay, Mm -hmm. she wanted to talk about her day. It's kind of like pay in advance, and then she gets to talk about her day. Whereas, so she's eager to hear what's going on in your day, but really, uh, subconsciously, she needs you to hear what's going on in her day. Mm-hmm. So there is a technique. I'll just say another technique is called the lunch menu. She'll say what's going on in your life. You you want to give her some safety that she can now talk about her day. You don't know, just cut her off and say nothing. You say, oh, you know, I went to work. I saw so and so and just a few little things that happen during the day, uh, not any feelings, not any emotion, not any bad mood. Don't you, She needs to feel that you're like happy and, and capable on your own. And then she doesn't feel the mothering instinct to nurture you. Then she feels safe to come back and be nurtured by you, which is by providing the safety for her to talk about her day, your interest in that as gradually she begins to open up. And it's ideal if she if she can be exposed to these ideas and help her how to actually communicate to a man in a way where he Mm. will listen to you and and that's another i know our time's running out but i'll just go a little bit more with it and that is if if my wife says oh the, the copier didn't work today and they you know i got all the messages and nobody else was doing it i had to do it myself so those are some frustrations of the day right and i'm like thinking in my head well, so what if the copier didn't work you know there's one on the other floor what's the big deal and then she's complaining i have to do everything and my mind's gonna go well no you don't have to do everything i don't do everything if i don't want to so he's constantly not relating to her experience but all she has to do when she's talking is put emotion in it mm. see men want women's emotions you know i remember i married bonnie i told her i said honey I didn't realize I live in a black and white world until I fell in love with you. And now it's full blown color. That's the emotion that women, that's estrogen. Women have all this estrogen and it's emotion. So if you just put a little emotion into whatever you say, men are like, what else, what else? We need to connect with emotion. Just like we always say in sex, did you have an orgasm? You know, it's kind of like, did you feel something? We want to get into you. We want to feel that female part of you. Mm-hmm. So it's a learning, a, a new skill. This is not something automatic. If You know, I've seen primitive women in different cultures and, you know, I was in Bali and I saw all the women walking down to the stream washing clothes together they're all taking care of their kids you know, that's a very estrogen stimulating thing they say oh, this and that and she did this they're telling secrets and whatever. Nobody's ever saying I'm frustrated or so disappointed or I feel so hurt. They're not revealing emotion. It's just women relate to all those experiences because they have the same emotions. So they don't have to articulate the emotion. Mm. So, so women will hear other women and they'll get what they need on an emotional level, but then they feel from their own life experience, half the world will never relate to me
0: Mm.
1: as opposed to feeling everybody can relate to me. And the way that's through is reveal your emotion show. It look like, Instead of her saying, oh, the copier didn't work, she could say, oh, I was so frustrated because I kept trying to make the copier work. Well, I can relate to being frustrated. Every man has frustrations, even my, my football team lost. Okay, I'm frustrated about that. We have emotion. So, oh, I was so frustrated because I was doing this and this. And he said, oh, it should have been on the second floor. Then you just say, oh, I know that, but I just wanted to share how I felt. <laughs> See, you don't need solution, but you do need to reveal emotion. Or you could say, oh, I'm so concerned everybody you know i do so much and nobody even acknowledges me and, and so i feel so disappointed about that and then he'll connect with the feeling of disappointment or the feeling of embarrassment this is the most powerful emotion you can reveal with your husband to get his full attention you say oh then i said this to everybody and oh my god i regretted it i was so embarrassed i said this and this and this guy oh honey i love you i care about you you know yeah yeah and the, there's not a day that goes by that I don't feel embarrassed, okay? There's something I say. To, like at the, Brian, you heard my talk at, at, on longevity. For everybody who wasn't there, I gave a talk on the iron penis. <laughs> I'd never done that before. Yeah, But it was, oh, I shouldn't have gone so far about sex, it was too much. Sometimes I go too far on things, I feel embarrassed. That's how I self-correct, I self-correct. After that talk, I got a bunch of texts of, uh, from Japan, they actually have a statue, and they call it the Iron Penis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I am super conscious of your time. I could talk to you. We we barely scratched the surface of the twenty wonderful books that you can see over John's shoulders in the background. I do want to just draw, ask you one more question and acknowledge that I love the fact that your new book talks about moving from role mate to soul mate. I would have loved to have taken a little bit more about that. Um,
1: but Real quickly, here- I did talk about. I just didn't put the label on. Role mate is when I talked about men have a role and women have a role. And if I pick someone based upon their ability to do that role. So there's really not gonna be much complaining or disappointment or trying to change the partner. A soulmate is someone who doesn't just provide for our survival and security, family, the basic needs. It's a higher need. This is Maslow talked about the hierarchy of needs. A soulmate is a partner who, who can potentially fulfill a higher need for emotional fulfillment. That's why people today want to experience lasting love, lasting passion, attraction, making love, great sex. This is like our dream today for many people. Those are the people my message is appropriate for. That's the soulmate because it's through our emotional safety and fulfillment that we can connect with our souls. Uh, Just paying the bills doesn't necessarily bring you feeling your soul, but actually who we are gets nourished at the depth of it. So a woman's able to bring forth both her male side and her female side. And a man's able to bring out both his female side and his male side. When you have that balance, you're connecting more with your soul. The soul and the way I describe it is it incarnates into this body, into this hardware. And it's my major lessons is how to integrate into your masculinity if you're a man and then incorporate your femininity. Mm. And for women is how to The soul is both male and female, but it picks a female body. So her biggest challenge is how can I be feminine while I also integrate my masculinity? How Mm -hmm. can I have both? Because the soul is both, the the hardware is primarily one. So a soulmate provides the emotional fulfillment So that we can be all that we can be and that's where we it's all new lessons how to even do that, you know, the emotional intelligence of being able to communicate your emotions and feelings in a way that's productive, Mm. instead of a way that blames or criticizes or puts down your partner.
0: And how do we account for those that might associate with the opposite gender, you know, a a woman that might you know, I, I, a lot of the women in the spiritual circle they say, oh, "I'm in my masculine, I'm in my masculine." How do how do we account for them being in the opposite gender without needing a gender reassignment?
1: I articulate the question a little differently.
0: So, so many many people that I speak to.
1: First of all, I don't I don't believe in gender reassignment, so that's mm-hmm. a confusing thing for me. Basically what most people just don't know the logic of biological development in human beings we've measured this out with before we talk about trans or anything like that if you look at a male you pretty much from age 2 to 13 to puberty you're pretty much the same hormones as a little girl so you're very malleable you know it's basically how you're how you're treated the circumstances that make you feel more drawn more comfortable with males or more comfortable with females. And are you naturally more artistic? You're going to be more drawn to the girls. If you're more naturally more active oriented, you're going to be drawn Mm -hmm. to the boy side of you. We all come in the world different, but we do come in with a gender. But you don't even know your gender. You can't know your gender. You know, you think you know your gender. You can't biologically know your gender until you actually have a gender. And that particularly starts at puberty, where a boy's testosterone levels, which are just like a girl's, until puberty hits, it goes up 10 times. It suddenly it's like, and when his is 10 times higher and hers is now, she's starting to have her period, her estrogen levels become a dominant factor in her well being. That's when you start to feel I'm feminine, and he's masculine. Anything before that is just some kind of conditioned response based upon society's suggestions. Mm. And it's very easy to be suggestible as a child, because we're, we're completely suggestible, we don't know who we are. Uh, and then at puberty, we still don't know who we are, we're beginning to know who we are as masculine and feminine. Mm. And then once we start knowing that, then we have a sense of who I really am, because we're not just our sex. Yeah. We're also this person inside that's your 20s to find out you know to be self-sufficient within yourself that that is called self-reflection know thyself is when the Mm -hmm. prefrontal cortex begins to develop and science shows us this prefrontal cortex is still developing to know who you are all the way to 28 years old now not everybody gets there for sure but Mm The brain at least has the potential to not, to self reflect at 28 years old. That's what the science shows yeah. us is actual development. But oh, the thought wow. of even somebody knowing, am I masculine or feminine as a, as before puberty and even after puberty, there's still all your stumbling blocks at that point. You know, all it takes is you know I've been raped three times by men uh, where I averted myself. Okay, I was once hitchhiking in Italy and 18 years old and got in a car with four guys who started raping me. And I just, while the car was moving, I opened the car door and jumped out. They're all like going crazy. And we didn't know about gay at that time. We didn't know anything like that, but that was their arousal on me caused an intense arousal, uh, which could be very addictive if it was encouraged or actually made me more had happened. Uh, same sex causes different hormones than with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. It's similar to the hormones a man gets when he has pornography. When you have pornography, it's fantasy. But when you do same sex, you're producing, you're, you're producing intensified testosterone. I mean, it's just, it just goes way up. Uh, a gay man will often have, uh, how many? Eight to 20 guys in a night. That's what I hear. I live in San Francisco area, so Mm -hmm. I hear this Mm -hmm. stuff. That I don't know if it's every night, but they, it's just kind of you're turned on. Let's do it. That's called loveless sex. Now, putting that out of the context of gays, because I don't want to say anything negative about them. Whatever you wish to do, it's your gift. Come to me, I'll help you in my way. But men, heterosexual men, are having sex online. Digital sex with a person they don't even know. This is massively dopamine testosterone stimulating. Uh, It desensitizes your testosterone receptors, your dopamine receptors, so that a real woman can't turn you on. And this is what's Mm. happening. The more addicted you are to sex with a stranger, the less you're able to sustain an erection with somebody you love. Mm. What's going on in the world today? And the more women, are turned on to having sex with men that they don't who don't know them those women find men who actually love them for who they are are boring so th- this is all this we have to realize mm-hmm. that we were never intended to to have computers <laughs> with 64,000 naked women on there telling your subconscious brain that they all want to have sex with you it's a surge of testosterone that not only can't be maintained in life it's like you're, lying, you're, you're flying around in a private jet and suddenly you have to ride in the worst seat in the economy. You, you just crash back down and you resent reality and you have negativity and you, and, and you get fooled by it. It's all just chemicals in your brain. You overstimulate. You, what happens is receptor sites downregulate, they desensitize and then normal life is boring. It's flat, it's disturbing. And so the only thing that gives you happiness is this fake false stimulation, our loveless sex. Loveless mm-hmm. sex is massively addictive and prevents you from actually having a sex drive with someone you love. Mm-hmm. And this is all biological. I know I covered, I, I couldn't in a short period of time explain all of the subtleties of that biological transformation, but we see it today happening where young guys can't sustain erections with their girlfriends but they can go online right away and do this. I yeah. just got another, another man. He went on a date hadn't been with a woman for a while. He got really excited right away on the date made out in the car. And she started to rub him and there was no erection mm-hmm. massively embarrassed. He went home and then at home, he got an erection and masturbated. Mm-hmm. And It's just that if men should realize when you masturbate, even that is going to lower your testosterone over time. Uh, and this is something that's not known today. And, This has always been sort of a discouragement against masturbation, all right? And this is because the wisdom of the ancient years. Now we, in America, they want to teach children how to masturbate. Pleasuring yourself is loving yourself. This is insanity. This is waking up sex hormones way before they should be woken up, and they should be woken up with polarity, not manual stimulation on yourself.
0: Mm. Uh, Even in the UK, there's um, daytime adverts for men for Viagra. Say it again. That even in the UK here on TV, there are daytime adverts for Viagra, which is almost like normalizing.
1: Oh, normalizing um, Viagra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, supposedly, uh, men over uh, was well, a large percent of men over 40 use Viagra. Yeah. This is this is your death sentence. If you can't make those hormones, you die. If you look at men, men used to men still die earlier than women. And when a man dies the insurance companies say it's generally about at least this first heart attack is two to three years after he quits his working job see a working job produces testosterone like nothing Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. Uh, coming home and then making love with your wife raises it up higher okay having making love but you know you heard in my talk i should always mention this i think it's just so revolutionary Mm -hmm. that they found that japanese men when the studies is that and these are men, if they ejaculate on Saturday night, if they go for six days without ejaculating on the seventh day, they will produce 50% more testosterone when they make love to their wife. Now, Mm. if they have sex on Saturday night, it comes back down the baseline. They have sex on Tuesday. It will stay at baseline twice a week. You'll just stay at baseline the rest of your life, and it will just slowly go down, which is statistically (laughs) everybody's testosterone, all the men in the world today, it didn't used to be this way, uh, go down 1% every year. This Mm. is in all age categories going down 1% every year. And 20 years ago, a 20 year old started out around 20 with 20% more testosterone than a 20 year old today. And I attribute this to the massive amount of masturbation that's going on. I'm 70 years old, I don't masturbate and I don't even ejaculate when I have sex. I've learned how to do that, multi-orgasmic man. And Mm -hmm. so my testosterone levels are 50% higher. This is Mm -hmm. a a noble goal, you know, stay vital, stay alive, you know, stay young. And not that I have to look young or anything, but I like feeling, why not? Why get sick Mm -hmm. and have all these systems going down? Because for for men particularly, not taking testosterone, but making it. Making testosterone means you have self-confidence, you're selfless, you're caring, you're best, you're motivated. All your best qualities are being expressed when your testosterone is up and even better qualities when you have heterosexual relationship where you're connecting with someone who's increasing your estrogen. See, that's the whole thing. That's the magnetic pull of heterosexuals. That's why they live longer than any other category Uh, they live you know, you have single, you have gay, you have gay women, gay men, you have single men, you have asexual couples, any of those, all of those categories have more disease and more sickness than heterosexual married couples. They're the healthiest and love people. And not all of them are happy, <laughs> but, but they're healthier. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, and what we see today is all categories are people are completely confused and they're not happy and they're stressed out. And And the most stressed people are the women that's measurable. You go to a workplace, you measure women's stress levels in the workplace. It's twice as high as a man's. And when a man comes home, uh, the average is it will go back down. It will relax. And for women, when they go back home after a double stress day, it doubles again. It doubles again. Uh, so there's solutions to this without having to go back to role mate relationships, mm-hmm. and you can have a role, role, role mate relationship, which is also a soul mate, because I define a role mate as you have your basic traditional roles, but then soul mate is where you have emotional fulfillment, and for those who choose traditional roles, that's their choice, and we all have choice, no problem there, but we have to learn how to be emotionally fulfilled whether we're in traditional roles or the modern roles It's just the modern roles tend to uh, not support women particularly in coming back to their female side. The relationship side of her life needs to be with a man who can provide that kind of stability and groundedness and wisdom to help her feel safe to depend on him for something that she doesn't even know she needs, which is intimacy, emotional fulfillment, by being able to talk about what's going on, by having you play role, you know, do romantic dates and those kind of things, and be kind and generous and selfless and offer to help. And, and particularly today, which wasn't a role in the past, most men never saw their fathers doing housework. Mm-hmm. But to do part of the housework can also be a turn on to a woman. Uh, but over time, it just becomes a duty. The other two things are the key things, which are the good communication and the romance. But the novelty of a, you know, I was just cleaning up the kitchen yesterday and my partner was like amazed and thrilled by it because it's a novelty to see a successful man do housework. Okay. So there's a novelty there. That novelty will wear off. But Mm -hmm. the good communication and the romantic gestures, that's biology. That's me penetrating her allowing her to be more feminine.
0: I love that. John, you've been incredibly gracious with your time. My final question, which I ask all of my guests here, is that I have a concept, uh, a word called heartprint. And heartprint, for me, represents the legacy of our interactions. And because of your books, there is something that has been made possible in the lives of your readers that wouldn't have been there unless you had wrote those words on a page and, and shared your your heart and your mind with the world. John, what do you believe your heart print will be?
1: Uh, you have to define it for me once again.
0: So a heart print for me is the legacy of our interactions. So for, for you... Of our, a, ins, it's,
1: of our mistakes? Of our actions, of, of our work, oh, uh, of oh, our... I thought, you know, I thought you said insurrections. In,
0: uh, in, <laughs> <laughs> right now we have an insurrection as the
1: capital, okay? <laughs> Sound like a... Well, okay. Oh, I actually have a lot of insurrections in my life. I, I regret, yeah, but no.
0: The legacy of your interactions.
1: Oh my, legacy of interactions. So what would it be? Yeah. Well, for this part of my life, it's guiding people to find love in their lives. I'm really about helping people come back to, to their love. As I'm moving on to the next stage, I think a major part of my legacy will be, um, helping people make love. Uh, I think making love in our private, intimate moments is just as important as communication outside the bedroom. I've never counseled a couple who was actually making love and had great making loves. <laughs> they, they just, who was who were wanting a divorce and they had had great sex and were learning how to make love. And I can teach people things that men don't know and what women don't know about their own bodies, mm-hmm. about how you can make love that makes you grow in love rather than sort of grow apart. And there, there's a whole art and science to that. And I explain all that. I, got, I touched into it in one of the talks you heard. Uh, then beyond that is, I have a unique form of meditation that I, that I teach. that uh, People just are blown away by, and it. it's very, very simple. So one day I'll be, I'll really be focusing a lot of my 80s, 90s, I'll be teaching those ideas for sure it's it's such a blessing to be able to help people experience peacefulness instantly and and find their higher self and then let that come into their life more but uh i have several legacies that i'll provide
0: mm,
1: Thanks thank for asking I, I never said it that way before but i never think about it so thanks and,
0: and i love that your daughter's getting involved in, in a lot of your work as well or has been involved for some time now that must be uh pretty touching
1: it's very fulfilling, and I'll just let people know at MarsVenus.com. She has lots and lots of blogs there, and women-only classes that are just stellar. We just get huge results from them, so we have those services that are available. And she's the legacy of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. She teaches it better than I do. Uh, she she doesn't yet. She's not as funny about it. But she
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: get down there. This is what you got to do. You know, she's a little bit more more. Uh, this is what happens, and this is what happens when you don't do that. And she's very clear about it. She has a lovely relationship, and, and um, I think she'll help a lot. She's already helping lots of people in the world.
0: John, thank you so much for your time, my friend.
1: A, pr- a real pleasure, Ryan. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, my friends. Thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are, And hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you. Keep leading, my friends. Always love.